Turn my voice on. First thing I want you to do is I want you all to stand up again. I want you to change where you're sitting. A different section, at least three rows different, five chairs different. If you're handicapped, you can stay where you are. But otherwise, I want you to switch seats. Okay? So maybe it's someplace else, another section. Okay, is everybody getting comfortable? <clears throat> I switched my normal positions up here on the platform, too, and you know, this isn't too bad. Really? I like this. And uh, some of you were probably thinking to yourselves and saying, uh, but wait a minute, this is my seat. Well, some of the rest of you were kind of making up excuses. Boy, this sure isn't very worshipful. What are you doing, Pastor Bill? I was taught in seminary a basic rule of being a pastor. And that basic rule of being a pastor was to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. Well, that's hard on us Americans to... Because we like to be comfortable. It's hard enough to be uncomfortable or awkward or inconvenienced in some way. And believe me, I know. You see, I've been on vacation for the last 10 days in Hawaii, suffering in the 75 to 80 degree warmth. You know, the beautiful sunshine. And, oh, hang on just a second. I heard my phone vibrate. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, medium rare. Yeah, can you bring that to our room for us? Uh, that would be so much more convenient. Uh, great, great, thanks. <laughs> yeah, okay, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> the resort. I'm <clears throat> sorry. Uh, let's see, where was it? You know, they wait on you hand and foot. You know, just like your sons and daughters do for you parents. <laughs> and... Uh, Let's see. Oh, yeah, whale watching, sitting out on the lanai and watching the whales do all their annex. Not very far offshore. It was just amazing. And, uh, you know, it's just really something. You see, just shortly before I left on vacation, Pastor Mary gave me the text for this morning. And I had to kind of live with that text for the last few weeks, or last, uh, yeah, few weeks. And mull that over my mind while I was sitting there on the lanai watching the whales. We're in the midst of a series entitled, We See Sacrifice. And I was sacrificing. 
And the theme was to kind of sacrifice the, the comfortable life. And I was sacrificing the comfortable life. And Jesus calls us to sacrifice, to sacrifice our comfortability, our status quos, our conveniences. I frankly think Mary owes me another vacation. See, one of the things about human nature is that we like to call the shots. We like to be in control of our life. We like to have things just so. And the problem is that this is fundamentally counterproductive to discipleship with Jesus. In our text, Jesus wants to make this very clear to us. So let's invite God to open his word to us this morning. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, come and do your work in our hearts and in our lives. Mold us and make us according to your will. For your purposes, Lord. May this not be just an information time this morning. Make it a transformation for each of us. In your strong name we pray. Amen. Back in the olden days, <clears throat> TV shows used to run in kind of serials, kind of uh, continuing stories. And so when you turn on the TV to watch whatever your favorite show, they would say previously, and they would give you a few clips from what happened before so that you could kind of get the gist of what was going to happen and continue to happen today. Well, previously in our text, we had the, the who's the greatest debate? Who's the greatest? Who's going to sit at the right hand of Christ? In Luke chapter 9, verse 46, just prior to our text. And then in, chapter, in verses 51 and following, we had the um, town who rejected Jesus and did not show him hospitality, in fact, removed hospitality. And the disciples had a great idea. They thought, well, let's kind of blast that city with fire. Jesus, no, no, no. He left and went on to the next town. He moved on. And in Matthew's account of the same text that I'm preaching on today, and all wrapped around it were crowds, crowds, and he taught the Sermon on the Mount, crowds everywhere, crowds at Capernaum where he was with his disciples. People were amazed at his teaching. People were amazed at his feeding of so many people. People were amazed at his exorcisms, at his healings. Jesus, one who spoke with authority. Jesus, one who acted with authority. Jesus, this one who seemed to embody authority. In Luke 10, just following our text, Jesus sends out the 70 disciples that were instructed to go and to share the good news of God's kingdom. And why? He sent them out to be disciple makers. In other words, to share with others what had been shared with them and changed and transformed their lives. They were now to take it to other people. 
and help bring a transformation in their lives through God's Spirit. In verse 1 of Luke chapter 9, just preceding our text, he sent out the twelve. And he gave them instructions. And I want to ask you for a minute. Mary's been talking to us about raising the bar. Raising the bar in our walk with God. Do you know where that comes from, that expression, raising the bar? It comes from track and field. The high jump. I used to do that event in high school. Wasn't very good at it, but I did it. I got very acquainted with that bar. <coughs> it always seemed to be my way. But see, in a high jump event, they set the bar at a certain height, and you do your jump over it, then they raise the bar. And you do the jump again. And you always had to do a little more, a little better, in order to clear that bar. How many of you are kind of all over this? This, this just excites you. That Jesus says, come, come be my disciples. I am going to bless you with power with authority in my name. I'm going to send you out to share good news with others who don't have this good news. I'm going to have you share the good news of my Father's kingdom to cure illnesses, to deal with Satan's inner interference in people's lives. How many of you are chapter 9, verse 6, and so he sent them out and they went. See, God is sending us out. Do we go? How are you doing with the weekly Lenten challenges that Pastor Mary has been offering? Will any of those last beyond Easter? Have they lasted thus far in this Lenten season? Maybe it's time to re-up with your Lord and to consider these challenges as disciplines of your life. Luke chapter 9. Very, very intriguing chapter. The longest chapter in Luke. And it's long chapter. It's almost like Luke is on a roll. And he can't put his pen down. Oh, I don't know if I, oh another thing that happened when I was... He just can't seem to put his pen down as he goes through these different events about Christ's ministry here on earth. In chapter 1, it starts with the disciples... I mean, in verse 1 of chapter 9, it starts with the disciples. And in our text today, it ends with the disciples. But this isn't your Sunday school picnic in the park type thing. Jesus wants his disciples, as it says in verse 5 of chapter 9, if people do not welcome you, leave town. Move on. Go on. Don't fret. Don't get stuck there. Don't feel all defeated. Go on. It's going to get awkward at times. It's going to be inconvenient sometimes. Sometimes it's going to be downright uncomfortable at times. Sometimes we may even face rejection, even as our Lord faced rejection. And as if to make his case in Luke's Gospel, we have the story of the Samaritan village who did not welcome Jesus. So Jesus, despite Alternative suggestions by his disciples, moves on, and he went to another village. Have we moved on to share good news with others? Crowds, for the most part, they loved Jesus. They loved his teachings. They were amazed. 
They love experiencing His healing touch. They love having Him cast out Satan's minions. Lives being profoundly changed. Lives. We'd probably join in the throngs of people around Jesus, swept up by the energy of the crowds. But, but, Jesus wants them to go deeper. Jesus wants us to go deeper. Deeper in knowing our God. Deeper in loving and being in relationship to our God. Deeper in serving our Lord. Deeper in being generous in our giving to our Lord. Jesus doesn't want fair-weather followers. He wants a committed community. Committed community sold out to His Heavenly Father. Disciples, not just observers there to see the mission of God, but people who are there to live out the mission of God. To live out being in community. People living out committed discipleship. I believe God's call to Faith Covenant Church is to be such community. Are we willing to do that? To be that committed community, you know, it doesn't mean that we are just to be part of the crowd, to kind of fit in. You know, we're not to be just consumers about what we can get out of the experience. You know, it's not to be, well, if you don't do church my way, and if you don't sing my kind of music and play my kind of instrument, and take care of my children and my youth, and make my marriage work, and, and, and see that I get a blessing all the time, and to see that every desire and every pleasure in my life is met. Christ wants a community of people that are on a mission. A mission of following their Lord. Jesus points out that the security of home and things which one expects in a normal life must take second place. So, each of us must ask ourselves, what will I do? Am I willing to follow Him? Will I go all in for Jesus? Do I pursue this actively or just as kind of a hobby when I get around to it? I'll tinker at it. Luke gives us a little peek at some of the would-be followers of Jesus. In verse 57, the young man says, I will follow wherever you go. And Jesus responds, let's go! Right? Isn't that what was up there in the scripture reading? No, he instead says to us, foxes have holes. Pastor Bill has an aquarium for an office. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head.
Son of Man, Christ, the Savior, our Lord. Nowhere, no place. Now in Matthew's account, this would-be follower was identified as a scribe or a teacher of the law. So this person would have been discipled by somebody else. And so, as that disciple probably would have been taken into their home, been provided for, been taught. Jesus wants to make it very, very clear. Following him, well, it may not be what we exactly expect. Following Jesus may be difficult. Following Jesus may not be safe, but it will be Jesus wants this young man to count the cost of being a disciple of Christ, a follower of Him. Jesus, His call is not about status. It's not about safety. It's not about being cushy or comfy. Ask yourself, how would you define the church? Is it a rest home for saints? Or is it a hospital, a triage center for sinners? Is that how you're living your life? I saw when I was had a visit to your local hospital here, saw an ambulance drive in on the side of the ambulance. I loved it. It said, where compassion and action meet. That should be our logo on our church. Where compassion and love and concern and care and consideration of all people, every person, in action, putting it into action where they meet. That's what the church is supposed to be. Is that our experience? Christ lives out His authority, His power, but He does it in humility. Christ was, in essence, a homeless person. Jesus' call on you and me is a call to humility. And the call may be hard. It may be difficult. I saw on the beach in Hawaii a t-shirt that said, Procrastinators. And underneath it in smaller letters I had, The Leaders of Tomorrow. And then underneath in parentheses, or next month. In verses 59 and 61, we have two more would-be followers of Jesus. But basically, they were saying to Jesus, we'd love to follow you, but you know, it's kind of inconvenient at the moment, so we need to take care of a few things, tie up some loose ends, and then we'll come follow you. Jesus said, seek first God's kingdom. Christ makes it clear that to be a disciple is to put God as first priority. And God's mission needs to be number one in our lives. Not just a, okay, uh, I'll try to squeeze that in someplace. We don't get to come to Him on our own terms. Christ is our leader. We are to look to our leader for leadership, committed to His direction and His leading. In the military, and I didn't have the privilege of serving our country in the military, but I understand that when they're first brought in, they're stripped down, they're showered, their head gets shaved, They all basically look the same. 
They're easily identified as the peons of the army, the main workforce of the army, and they all know who's in charge, and there's no question about it. The sermon title, if you noticed this morning, was At Ease. I was in Christian Service Brigade, which was a kind of a Christian Boy Scouts program, but we used to have different things to the protocols and so on, similar to the military, and one of them was to be at attention, and the other one was to be at ease, where you'd put your feet about 15 inches apart and have your hands behind your back clasped, and you would stand there at ease, okay, so that you were ready at any moment to respond to the commander when he said, attention, you were to snap to. We tend to think of the expression at ease as being, well, take it easy. Chill out. I'm just chilling, man. You know, get comfy. But that's not it. Jesus says in verse 62, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in God's kingdom. You see, Jesus points out that to have straight furrows, you need to keep looking ahead, not back. And who is ahead of us? It's our Lord. It's Christ that our eyes need to be fixed on. Going His way, His direction. Are you ready to do that? Christian brothers and sisters, He calls the shots. He has called each of us. He commands total commitment of his followers. And Luke is pounding this point home for each of us. He calls us out from the crowd of onlookers to be community. The community of the committed. The community on a mission. The community on his mission. So how's he calling you today? Maybe he's calling you to be healed from an illness. Maybe he's calling you to be freed from the enemy's stranglehold on your life through temptations or addictions. Or maybe the crowd of the comfortable and safety to a community that can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Into a deeper discipleship to submit to his authority, to seek him first. Calling you to take that first step of faith to begin your discipleship journey. You see, discipleship is to be our highest priority for our Lord. The question is, how will you respond? How will I respond? Will it be procrastination, putting it off? Will it be excuses of why, oh, we really can't do that? Will it be clinging to the comfortable? Christ's test has always been At our camp down in Yelm, we have, and we're going to get that on the screen here in just a minute, but we have an activity called the blob. And this blob is a big, huge air pillow. Not this one. This is a different activity here. Here's Penny. There we go, the blob. Basically, you've got this high platform that somebody jumps off of onto one end of the blob while the person who did that previously is now at the other end of the blob, and they get kind of launched into space. 
they've now got strict rules about how the weight differentials and things like that of the participants uh, when they go out there to the platform to jump and so on. But I can remember one of the first times I went out before they had those rules, and I had some little um, a guy that I was there at the weekend with uh, who was in about fifth grade. And this little fifth grader and then me, <coughs> the jumper, <coughs> he was out in the end. I think I launched him in orbit, and we didn't see him for about a week until he came back in. But, <coughs> but I can remember standing there watching a couple of girls doing this, similar to the ones on the screen, and uh, it's a little scary up there on that platform. And I can remember two or three times, she thought maybe taking a running start, but then she stopped. And then she thought, maybe if I just stand here. And, and then she's debating and debating and debating. Much the same way we are with our Lord. Are we going to take the leap of faith? Three, two, three, two, one. Are we going to take the leap of faith with our Lord? That next step that God may be calling us to take. I pray that you have the courage to jump. To take a leap of faith with your Lord into His adventure for us as individuals, as families, as a church. Into our future of sharing the good news of His kingdom. Let's pray. We're going to be taking an offering in a moment. It's an offering of our expression of generosity for all you've done for us and the ways you've blessed and provided for us to generously give of that a portion so that your kingdom may go forward, so that the widow and the orphan will be taken care of, so that lives will be changed and transformed with the good news that people will be reached around our city, around our state and country, around the world. God, you tell us to follow you. I pray that as a part of our offering today, we will say, Lord, I want to try to follow you better, to follow you more consistently, and to do your mission in our world. We pray this in your name. This is a song I wrote called Tell Me Once Again. Thank you. 